Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ask Dr. Death podcast with Dr. Karen Wyatt and Dr. Terry Daniel. This is the place to ask the tough questions about the tough topics related to death, dying, and grieving. Here you'll find candid conversations about things that aren't normally discussed in polite society. If you have a question for your doctor, your social worker, your grief counselor, your professor, your pastor, or your guru, we will try to tackle it for you. Our interview guests include experts in a wide range of disciplines related to death, dying, and bereavement, including doctors, counselors, psychic mediums, scientists, shamans, and even some people who are themselves facing imminent death. Got a particular question you'd like us to address? Send an email to askdrdeath at gmail.com and we'll try to tackle it in an upcoming episode. So without further ado, since we're all living on borrowed time, let's get started. Hello, friends. I'm really happy to share this little snippet with you that I recorded uh, the beginning of February 2020 with my friend Thomas John, who is an extraordinary psychic medium and was kind enough to do a podcast with me where he not only did readings for some of the audience members at the end, but also had a really profound conversation with us about how mediums work with people who are grieving. And we addressed questions like, does mediumship help with the grief process? Are there times when it doesn't help? And what are we actually doing when we're working with mediums and getting messages from people on the other side? How can we use this information and this experience not only to help us with our grief and with maintaining continuing bonds with our loved ones on the other side, but how to help humanity understand the process of death, dying, and beyond, um, by by having these kinds of experiences folded into contemporary research for use in end-of-life care and education for doctors, nurses, psychologists, etc. So um, it's just a short little clip, about oh, 10 minutes maybe. So uh, give a listen. Thank you. They get great validations. They get, get, get great messages. It's very obvious that their loved ones are communicating. Um, but then they are just so perplexed with what to do with this information. They have absolutely no ability to process it or integrate it. I had a guy come up to me at my Las Vegas show yesterday. Um, he was in the, the VIP, so he kind of came after and got a picture. And he said, I am so confused right now. He goes, because what I'm seeing is I'm an atheist and I came here um, completely just as entertainment value because my, my, my sister-in-law wanted to come. And I have no idea what to believe now because there's absolutely no way that what I witness, either it's completely made up and those were like actors or something, or you just were connecting with people's loved ones for, you know, for an hour and a half. And obviously, you know, the answer is, you know, I, obviously, you know, we don't have actors at my show. So it's, it's, you know, it was that. And he's just never, so I think that's another thing. And I think we've talked about this before that, 
you know, it's kind of like for some of us that are in the afterlife world, um, it's sort of like, okay, we get the point, you know, mediums can connect with the afterlife um, and that's possible. I mean, it can happen. Um, so now what do we do with that? And so I think that's another place where people get very stuck. Um, that, that, so those are a couple of things, but yeah, I do kind of reading bring comfort. Absolutely. You know, it, it has that potential for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I like what you said uh, that you brought up being an atheist, because as you know, and as some of you know, I'm, I'm trained as a theologian, and I am essentially an atheist too, if it means not believing in the man in the sky type of God. So if that's the definition of atheist, then yes, I am on that train. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't believe in the spirit world and other dimensions and other realms of consciousness. And a lot of people don't understand that because we're so steeped in this one definition of what the divine is, man in the sky with a beard who judges us. And if we don't accept that one, then the only other option we've ever been given is atheist, which has a negative connotation. And so, you know, I like that that guy said that because he has kind of rolled it all together, like any belief in the afterlife or in another dimensional existence must be connected to religion. And of course, we know that that's not true. It's not connected at all. Religion exists in a completely separate compartment and interdimensional communication exists somewhere else. So uh, Thomas, we were talking, do you ever, um, when people say, I don't know what to do with this information or they're overwhelmed, not because they're shocked because they didn't believe in it, but it's just so much for them. What, what would you advise people to do next after having a really deep reading? Well, it's an invitation for exploration. You know, a lot of times readings, I see them as uh, like dots on a paper, you know, and it's up to you to then become the dot connector, you know. Um, So you get all this great information, this all validation, this data, and you kind of come to the conclusion that just like any other sort of experimental process, you know, that becomes one experiment with what you did. And you may have other readings that are not as powerful. Um, You know, um, I mean, you know, we've all had these experiences. I mean, um, you know, where we've had readings that were not as powerful. Um, Are we going to go and say, and, but this is the trigger with which some people will 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 behave um they will say oh my god i had a bad reading oh my god that means my you know my daughter is you know she must not be in the she must hate me you know and they'll they'll come up with all these derivatives of and i'm like okay hold on you just had a reading where you didn't connect or who you wanted to come through didn't come through that has nothing to do with so it's just again a moment in time um but I, it is an invitation to explore, and there's so many things to explore. I mean, there's so many ways that you can take that. Um, and that's kind of actually the nice part of the conference that you put on, because you do have all the different perspectives. You know, you have the, the, the mediums, you have the, you know, the researchers, you have the religion, um, you know, and um, you have the, you know, the near-death experiences. So, I do think that it requires to look through many lenses. Um, Mediumship, afterlife communication has limitations. Um, You know, there's only so many perspectives of that, Um, you know. So I think that, I think is a larger question with, um, you know, with mediumship and readings is, you know, I'm, I'm, 
would, I would hope, I haven't really, um, I haven't seen this, witnessed this so much yet, but I'm hoping for sort of the next frontier of um, pushing mediumship, um, both in terms of how mediumship is done, um, in terms of science of that. I mean, I think that could be something that could be really helpful. But yeah, I think that what I tell people when they're like, oh my God, there's a lot here. I tell people, you know, this is now an invitation for you to be on that um, spiritual uh, journey um, or that journey of uh, not even spiritual, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be, but uh, just that journey of understanding the afterlife, you know, and, and, and that's that um, a reading can be a definitely a, a catalyst for that. I think. I like what, that's a great phrase, an invitation to explore. So, you know, um, for a lot of people, uh, a, tr a loss, a, a death of a loved one or a loss of any kind is what triggers us to start exploring other ways of understanding the world and other ways of understanding human experience. So just the loss itself becomes an invitation to explore. <laughs> and exactly. then... And then if you get a reading, then it's an invitation to explore in the next room in the house. You know, it's like, it's this endless house full of rooms. So that's a great way to look at it. And, you know, we hope that if somebody who has not really been on a spiritual path gets a reading and it's so connected and they really feel it, that they're going to start studying and reading books and going to the afterlife conference. And that is important. Yeah, it's yeah. important. And it's important that the readings do not become the sort of, you know, um, box of chocolates that we, we binge on. And it's important that we have good boundaries with um, not becoming addicted to those types of things. And I, I noticed that in my practice um, and um, people will even tell you who've had readings with me, um, you know, I will sometimes put people, um, I, you know, I tell you, I tell them that they're in the, you know, the medium timeout box. Um, you're not allowed to come to 15 readings um, in a year. Um, that's not what we allow because it's not the nature of spirit communication to be, that's where it becomes um, therapy. That's, well, not even therapy. That's where it just, it becomes, um, it just a, a crutch, you know, and it becomes, it actually starts to diminish in value too. So it is important that, um, you know, that is all done. And any ethical medium, um, you know, would know that. I mean, I know that some mediums don't do that, unfortunately, but, um, you know, there shouldn't be, um, and, 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 and it, it, it's not a bad thing. I mean, I've even had clients that have sort of caught themselves and said, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I want to keep, you know, and, and I tell them, you know, okay, that's, you know, that's good. It's good to notice that. And yeah, let's, let's re, you know, let's have a reading in a year, you know, let's have a reading in six months. Um, so that is important. I think people, you know, part of it is, and we've talked about this is it's just our tendency sometimes um, we don't, you know, certain people, um, and, and we've probably all been there at certain points. Sometimes people don't want to do the work, you know, they want to sit there and get a reading, but they don't necessarily want to deal with the implications of that. Um, you know, so like I said, I see readings as kind of a tool. I see them as an avenue. I see them as part of a greater whole. But, you know, the analogy I normally use is it's just like, you know, if you go and see a dietitian. 
Um, but then, you know, you never exercise and, you know, you, you do all the other, you know, but, you know, so and you're trying to lose weight, you know, I mean, you know, they're all little pieces of things and they're all come to kind of continue on you on this journey, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the medium timeout box. That's really good. <laughs> a good analogy. You're in timeout. Um, <laughs> because I've seen it too. You know, I've seen people who use it as a crutch and what they're wanting is they're wanting their dead person to make them feel better, not you the medium to make them feel better, but they're actually looking to the dead person to shore them up and give them love and relieve their guilt. And of course, we know that in the spirit world, those those people are not there to be our therapists. If it's your son, well, it's your husband, he wasn't here to do that when he was alive, why would he do it now? Right. Or they want, you know, they want like um, things answered, you know, they want um, they, they want to, I mean, sometimes I'll even have people, I mean, this is one of the most frustrating ones, um, where I've, I'll do an hour of validations, you know, messages, guidance, and I'll say, <clears throat> you know, this person is coming through, and this, you know, and did this person like Tootsie Rolls? Oh, yeah, they had a Tootsie Roll farm, and it keeps going on and on and on and on, and then at the end, they're like, so what's the message? And I'm like, well, the message is that you know, your dead people are um, around you and love you and they still have a connection to you and they want to be with you. Um, and that's, that's the message. The message is kind of the takeaway. That's what the message is. Um, and yeah, I, you know, people will, and I have to psychoeducate and there's nothing bad about that, but I have to sometimes tell people, you know, you realize that your dead mom does not supposed to tell you you know, what bra to wear. Like, you, you understand that, right? And pe- some people are like, oh, no, I mean, I thought that I could come here and my dead dad was going to tell me, you know, how I can get out of my speeding ticket and my <laughs> dead dad going to tell me if I'm going to meet a boyfriend. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Now, can they give guidance? Can they? Of course, you know, I do believe that spirit has infinite knowledge and I do believe that they, they do have a way of connecting with us and helping us certainly. And they, I have had spirit come through and give, you know, life-changing messages. I mean, I had a woman um, a a few months ago that, um, um, that, you know, her son appeared to her and, um, you know, guided her out of a, of a really negative situation. Well, um, um, those you know, things can happen, um, but again, yeah. Oh, sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. Go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I was done. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, you know, it's they they guide us, but they don't tell us what to do. That's been my experience. They will never say yes. You should take that job, or no, you shouldn't marry that guy but they guide us by sort of dropping little pebbles for us. You know, I mean, I feel like my son guided me to go back to school and get trained as a theologian and a grief counselor without ever saying an actual word to me about it, go back to school. But I can Mm -hmm. feel him working with me as a partner in everything I do. So the guidance is very subtle. It's not like move to that town, get a job at that place, Exactly. Marry that person. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what people have to understand that um, the guidance comes in that way. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you about something that I can only call it 
double blind evidence. And I just made that up, I think. And what I mean by that is an evidential message is, you know, your, your mother says that you love Tootsie Rolls and you had a jar of Tootsie Rolls next mm -hmm. to your bed. That's very evidential. Mm -hmm. But I've also heard people talk about something that's so evidential that even the sitter doesn't know it. Mm -hmm. Right? So um, you probably don't remember this, but one year at the conference, you did a reading for one of our volunteer groups. Um, mm -hmm. And you said, it was his uncle or his brother, and you said he's a minister and he does this and he does that, and he left a letter for you in the attic. Did you get that letter? And Bruce said, no, I don't know about any letter. Mm -hmm. And you said, when you go home, go to the attic and look for the letter, and he did, and he found it. So I would call that like double blind because the sitter themselves doesn't even know the thing exists, and therefore it's a true message from the dead person because you're not picking it up off of the sitter's vibe. Right? Because mm -hmm. they could be yes. thinking about it and then you'd be just kind of reading their mind, which is different. Mm -hmm. How is that different than mediumship? Well, I mean, I think that <clears throat> um, there's a range of things. You know, um, I think that I always tell people that, um, you know, in general, a good reading, and some people look at me like, oh my God, you know, that's it. But I will tell people, usually a good reading, you should understand about 70 to 80% of the information. There should be a sector of information that you don't understand because that is exactly what you are, to, well, that's what you're, that's what you're talking, that's exactly what you're talking about, actually. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as far, you know, a true medium, you know, and certainly professional mediums like myself, like Suzanne Northrup and um, Hollister and stuff, you know, we have the ability of knowing when we're linking into spirit and we're, we're getting spirit directed information. Now, um, you know, as far as, you know, and, and I don't know any medium that is in, you know, would be, um, I mean, uh, you know, to me, I'm linked in with spirit. I'm in a higher vibration. I mean, to be totally honest with you, I wouldn't even know how to read somebody's mind. I don't, I, I wouldn't even know how, what that is. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I get what you're saying, literally, but I, I, I feel like I, 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 I can't do that. So um, I know that, but yes, I do think that or pulling up shared memories, um, pulling up things that maybe the sitter can validate, but they hadn't thought about it in a long time. Um, and also combination of also bringing up stuff that they can understand or bringing up stuff that they were recently thinking about um, so that they can prove that, hey, I was with you earlier, I've been with you. Um, you know, uh, yeah, but I think that certainly, um, I look at evidence like this, you know, some people will say, oh, I'm going to make a list of things I want them to bring up. And if it's really my dead dad, um, then he should come through and say 10 of these things. And I always, you know, I kind of jokingly say to people, um, and how do you, you know, how do you know that? Have you been to the other side and come back? And how do you know how it works over there? Um, so what I, what I say is I have an approach of looking at things comprehensively you should always look at your whole reading an hour, half an hour, two hours, however long it is, 10 minutes. But you should look at your reading on the overall comprehensive. And if there's enough things there that evidentially 
could not have been guessed, could not have been looked up, could not have been just general things. Now, there could be some like that. There's, you know, there's only so many ways somebody can transition. Um, there's only so many names. You know, there's only so many months in a year. And these are all evidential points that a, 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 you know, a, a deceased person may bring through. But I think if there's enough things there that show well, clearly, you know, this all goes with one person and clearly these are the messages that were brought through. And there's enough things there that it's just, there becomes no other explanation besides, um, you know, um, you know that. And, you know, and we, you know, we've talked about stuff like this. This is why, um, you know, people, you know, I've had skeptics or naysayers or just people that are confused, you know, they'll say, well, you know, what if mediums, you know, maybe they look us up and, you know, research us before their readings and stuff. Um, it doesn't even matter if a medium did that, not that any medium would do that, but let's just say somebody did do that. The spirit should still be able to bring through enough stuff that even if the person did look you up, they should be able to bring through enough evidence that could only be known to you in the sitter. So of course, yes, names, you know, dates, some of that stuff is more common. I mean, in this day and age, yeah, you can go find out probably people's relatives' names and stuff. But, okay, so take the name out. Um, I actually had a, and this is an important point, I actually had a reading with a woman who was a very public figure news anchor. And she had written a book about her father's death. I mean, there was a lot of things that if a, a false or fake medium wanted to look up about this person, they could say, oh, I'm connecting with your father and da 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 so what she said is when we had the reading, and obviously I had not looked her up but um, and would never do that, but she basically said to me, anything you tell me that could be found out about me, I am going to kind of put in one column. And anything that you couldn't know about me that is just so specific to me, I'm going to put in another column and then I'm going to put things that I don't connect with. And you know, certainly there were things like, you know, her dad's initial of his name or that he was in the military, I think, you know, those were certain things that maybe somebody could have found out. But there was nobody besides her that knew, for example, that she had taken her deceased father's flag out of the box after, 20, you know, 10 years, uh, the day before the reading and put it on her mantle and said, Dad, if you come through to this medium that I'm meeting tomorrow to do a story on, tell him that I put it on the mantle and I lit two white candles. And he told me that, and she didn't tell anybody that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's kind of the great pieces of evidence that I think are possible. And I think that's the kind of stuff that um, Armenians should um, push themselves to get that type of evidence. I think it's very important. Well, and the argument that mediums are Googling people is ridiculous if they're standing in a room full of strangers doing cold readings. They have no idea who's in that audience. It's just, it's a ridiculous argument that people make. Right. And, you know, we've had this, you know, there's people out there like the James Randies of the world and the, you right. know, the, um, um, you know, the Susan Gerbics. And the thing is, is those people are, are not even, they're not, I've had conversations with them and they've told me before, point blank in, in writing, they've said, we have absolutely no interest in talking about afterlife with you or anything that supports your beliefs. We only want to talk about how our perspective is right. Well, why would you even have a conversation uh, with somebody like that? I mean, to me, those are not, those aren't skeptics. I mean, I have friends that are skeptics, you know, um, that's fine to be skeptic. I think everybody should be skeptic, but I think there's all, you know, but that's not a definition of a skeptic. That's somebody who is just a troublemaker, you know? That's a troll. 
Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. troll. There you go. Yeah, I think I know. I know who Randy is, and I think the other people you talk about is that couple who who tried to pull the wool over your eyes. Yeah, they, that yeah, weird, yeah, yeah. They, they go after every psychic and, and medium and stuff, and it's oh. no, because I mean, I think at a certain level, you know, they they have a they have a perspective too, you know, that we have to deal with in our movement. But um, but I don't think they have the right method me methods, you know. No, definitely not. So here's a question that somebody just typed into the chat box is um, asked, um, are there, is there such thing as negative spirits that would give false information? Um, I would have to say nothing that I have encountered. Um, I do not believe so. Now, <clears throat> I do believe for, which I can explain, but I do believe for various reasons, sometimes information comes through that is incorrect. But I do not believe that any spirit would intentionally give information which is false. No, I would have to say no to that. And, and I'm going to add a little piece to that. We're putting my theologian hat on for a minute. A lot of people in our, for lack of a better term, our, our woo-woo community, um, talk about negative spirits and bad energies and, you know, how you should protect yourself before you meditate because the bad spirits are going to get in. Um, my feeling about this, if anybody wants to know, is that that is just a rehashing of Judeo-Christian theology and fear of Satan. Um, I have never seen that happen in the spiritual world at all. Um, any bad spirits that you feel are affecting you are, is basically your projections and your wounds and your traumas and your stuff that you've been carrying through all your incarnations. It's internal. It's your stuff. There's no bad boogeyman out there trying to get your spirit. And I think that as our community built in the new age world, we just sort of filtered that in from our Judeo-Christian roots. There's a lot of stuff like that in there. What do you think about that, Thomas? I think that that's totally correct. And I think that um, in all my work, you know, uh, with things, um, and I don't, I don't work in the ghost or the paranormal or the entities, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that is just basically, I have never seen anything that I felt is very convincing. I do believe that people can hold on to certain energy and energy patterns that, again, are sort of from them, that a medium or a psychic can help them break through energetically. But it's not like, I mean, I've had people that have come to me and said, oh, well, this person, you know, charged me, yeah, $1,000 to, um, you know, say there was a, you know, a demonic gremlin on my back that I needed to cleanse and stuff. And, you know, and what's funny is, is in the media, it's not funny, but what I think is interesting is in the medium and psychic field, for some reason, people will say, oh my God, you know, you see, see somebody who, um, you know, told them that and they're, you know, it's a fraud, it's all fake. And it's like, okay, well, you know, how many, you know, how many lawyers do we know that have taken money, you know, for a case and then, you know, you never hear from them again. Or I just was actually getting, you know, uh, something, uh, a custom made jacket to be out in Las Vegas. I paid for it, you know, three months ago and it was supposed to be here two months ago and they're keep telling me it's in the mail. We sent it. I did, you know, we sent it. Then they charge my card again. So are we going to say that everybody who makes jackets in the world is a fake? No, of course not. I mean, there's people in this field that are, there's three categories. There's people that are extremely talented and very gifted. 
There are people who are not remotely gifted and are just evil people that are just pretending to be, and they completely know they're fake. And there's another group, which I actually think are, are very, actually even worse than maybe the other group. And I think it's the group, honestly, actually, that, not worse, but I think they could be potentially more dangerous. But it's the group that is, they actually do have abilities. But, and they do, because we all have medium and psychic abilities, but they have, the, they have, they've developed their abilities a bit, but not to the point where they should be professionally charging and they can't do it in a reliable way to be above a professional service. You know, it's just like anything else. You know, if you're a singer and you can only sing, you know, three times a year, you can't go on tour for a year and, and have concerts. It just doesn't work. That's great. You can sing three times a year. But so as a medium and psychic, if you want to be a professional medium and psychic, you have to be able to reliably connect on, on a regular basis. And I think that's happened because there's been so many mediums who had started this wild uh, certification, I'm certifying you in three days, um, um, you know, I'm doing this, you know, read your, you know, read your cards in four days. To be honest, I hate doing this, but, you know, that really started a lot with Doreen Virtue. She started with all these cards and certifying people. And it's like, no, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Suzanne Northrup will tell you, she did readings for many years and never charged before she ever got paid for a reading. I did the same thing. Um, so you do have to reliably be able to connect with spirit in order to say you're a medium and psychic, you know? And, and look at where Doreen Virtue is now. You know, I don't know if you guys are aware of what she's doing <laughs> now, but um, she's been born again. She's a, a saved Christian for Jesus. And she now says that all mediumship and all the, you know, interdimensional spiritual stuff we do is from the devil. So, so there you go. Can I, can I ask you, Terry, since I know you're interviewing me, but like, so what the hell, <laughs> I mean, what, what do you think as a, as a, cause it's, it's kind of an interesting question just because it's, it's come up so much in my field and so many people have been hurt by that. Now at, at one point, I want to say that I feel that of course, everybody's entitled to be on their spiritual path. But then on the other hand, I have such a problem with it. I mean, what, what is your thought process about that? About what? Just, I mean, that whole experience of her sort of denouncing everything. Oh, about Doreen Virtue? Um, I think my theory is that something, some sort of trauma happened to her. Right. I, I don't know. I, it could be anything. I have no clue what it is, but something traumatized her. She was vulnerable. She was terrified. She was having a spiritual crisis. Her reality was shaken up and somebody got hold of her and said, come to Jesus. Here, you don't have to worry about anything, you know, just turn it all over to this. But, you know, this, and the sad part about that is it, um, it separates you so much from people. I, I've been listening to this wonderful podcast called Born Again Again. And mm -hmm. it's all people who have left uh, cult-like evangelical groups and one of the things they say is when you're in that mindset, you walk through the world in a constant state of judgment. There are only two kinds of people, saved and not saved. And even other Christians, you're judging them to see if they're Christian enough. And you com are completely insulated from the world and not thinking your own thoughts mm -hmm. and not having any human experience. So I don't know what made Doreen want to go over there, but something, right. something did. 
Yeah, thank you for mentioning that because it is—it's been very sad for a lot of us. And I, I've seen people on Facebook who are equally fearful, like she is, and said, "Oh, well, should I throw away all her books? I have her angel cards. I use them every day. I guess I shouldn't be reading them anymore." I mean, they just believed whatever she said, you know. Anyway, um, right. yeah, right. we can talk more about that another time. I want to get to some of these questions. Um, Somebody's okay. So we were. Someone's asking about: Are there lower vibrating spirits who can attach to us or need to be cleansed from us? I think we've already answered that. You know that. Right. Yeah. This is this is. I mean, and I always say, you know, I I I think it's a new. I think it's I think it's actually quite quite weird when mediums say, "Well, when you go to the spirit world, this is what happens, and this is what you know." We know there are. We know collectively just from studying this i mean we know certain things like for example i can confidently say just because it's been cross cultures cross literatures cross experiences cross genders i'm pretty positive that there's a life review when you pass away because it just it comes up so frequently almost every reading that i do for somebody in hour-long readings they'll mention a life review so it kind of seems at this point i can put that in the column but you know i think like you know we have to of what do we really know over there um and i think mediums it's interesting because we have access to certain things but we don't know everything i mean it's almost like we're peeping through a, a keyhole you know and we see little pieces um but then you could open the door and it's like oh this is really what it looks like you know so we so what i would say to vibrating levels i do believe there is an energetic there are energy levels on the other side and i do believe it's not through the sort of religious you're bad you go there you're bad it's more based i would say even though i don't really like this concept but this is the best thing i can come up with it's more energetic attraction it's more i don't want to say law of attraction but it's more you go energetically to the other side to i feel to the level that you are going to best learn and grow and prepare for your next lifetime so it's not like oh you're a bad spirit you know you go over there um it's more like oh well you have this amount of learning to do or these things to learn about this is that classroom this is that place and then you have this um and so you're over there so i think it's more like that but no i don't think there's any sort of attachments i don't think there's any sort of entities i don't think there's any sort of you know um, demons in corners. Um, no, absolutely. I've never seen anything about that. You know, um, you want to hear my theory about life reviews? <laughs> I, I have decided that people with Alzheimer's mm -hmm. are actually having a life review while they're still in their body. Oh, totally. And that's why, because there's no time and time isn't linear. And that's why they think they're back in world war two because they really are back in world war two. And but because they're in a physical body and they don't have the spiritual capabilities to cope with that the same way we do when we're not in a body, it, it freaks them out. It freaks out everybody around them. But it, it's definitely um, a life review. So here's another question. And Thomas, you can stay till 4.15. Is that right? Yeah, I can stay about 4. I can say about, yeah, 4.20. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Let's do one more question and then maybe uh, we can do some readings. So a couple people are asking about, is there such thing as a stuck soul? Um, um, I guess I would answer that and say as best as I can. I guess I would say hypothetically, yes, but I don't um 
I believe that crossing over to the other side is a choice, but it's a choice that really, why would you not choose that? You know, it's an access to another um, place. Um, I have heard about, I, and I actually, I have to say, I have had this come up in a few readings where I believe that the spirit was communicating to me that they did not immediately go to spirit and they stayed around. Typically I've seen this happen where um, there's a mass um, exodus of people. So in, in the Holocaust, in September 11th, in the pulse shootings, there was almost sort of some souls that stayed for a bit. We're talking about a day or two. We're not talking about, you know, years and years. And I don't know if that has to do with there being such a traumatic event there, but I have, I feel like I have witnesses. Again, this is very anthropological. I don't have like, you know, I didn't, haven't done a scientific test about it. Um, I've also seen situations where people who suffered with addictions have stayed for a little bit. I don't know if that has to deal with them trying to understand if they want to leave the physical world and thus their addiction behind them. Um, but yes, it, I, I believe that it is a choice to go to spirit, but it is a, it is a choice that, you know, pretty much everybody does make that. Um, you know, I don't believe that there's spirits, you know, roaming the earth and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's weird because um, there's different cultures have different beliefs about this. Like, you know, the, the shamans that I trained with absolutely believed that people got stuck and they had like definitions of the world. There's a stone world and an animal world and a plant world and a shaman can travel in there and find somebody who's hovering and hugging behind the plants and the stones and they're stuck and then help them out. I personally don't believe in that at all. I think that people are at whatever level of consciousness uh, that they need to be at, as you said, for their journey, you know, and if they need to stay stuck in some one place or another for a minute or a thousand years, because there's no time really doesn't make any difference. That's where they're doing their work. And um, the Tibetan Book of the Dead was created to help guide people through the levels. That's what it was made for, where the Buddhist priest would sit next to the dead body right when somebody died and read them this book that says, all right, go over here, turn left, you know, kind of like GPS, you know, go one block and turn left over here and you're going to go to that realm and that realm. So other cultures throughout history have had a sense (laughs) that the soul needs some sort of directional guidance, Mm -hmm. but you know, we just don't know. And we also, uh, and this is the question I want to ask you, Thomas, and then we'll, we'll go right to the readings, but do you ever, this is the thing I always wonder about medium. So people come to you probably 99.9% of the time because they want a message from their loved one. And that loved one has been gone for maybe, you know, five, maybe 10 years. Do you ever get anything from people who are not still in the immediate threshold of the other side, but have been dead for a long time? And they actually talk about what life is like in the afterlife, not about relationships and I love you and I forgive you but like what's really happening because most of your clients that's not what they pay you money to tell them they want to have a message from their individual person they're not going no, there that's a great question and again, yeah we have talked we, yeah that's a great question we have talked about that a little bit um you know I think that um I have had spirits that have come through from a long time ago um you know, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Um, 
surprisingly, that feels like it hasn't, it doesn't come up as much as you would maybe think it would. Um, and I, and I wish it would. And I think that partly has to do with how mediums are trained. I think that partly has to do with how um, sitters come with intentions um, and things like that. But I certainly think that that is something that can be explored. You know, uh, it again then comes down to the validation. Um, some of the stuff, and I don't fully understand it all, but um, some of the stuff I really um, like with um, with Gary Schwartz's stuff is that he is really trying to test some of these things of how we get this information back and forth and how you can connect with these different people and stuff like this that have been gone. People that maybe you even had no connection with in life, you know? Can we pull on, you know, Albert Einstein? Can he bring something to I haven't seen tons of evidence and work around that, but it certainly is a great, I think, frontier to, to, to think about. And I think it really is the next dimension. As you and I have talked about, it's kind of like, okay, great. You know, your dead grandmother knows that you, you know, got a puppy yesterday. So who cares? Um, right. How does this help us? How does this move things forward? You know, That's exactly right. Like, who cares? And, you know, we, we need to move this into a place where we're learning for the wisdom of mankind and not right. just to soothe the heart of a grieving person but i also know i also know too that you know i had a woman in my show in vegas yesterday that i i said your sister's here and you know she knows that you um you know had her body shipped back and you buried her body and you um you know and that you you know you you know i explained about the burial and she said she came up to me after and said i've been waiting 15 years to know that and i actually feel for the first time in my life i I actually physically feel I can breathe better mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to, this is totally shifted my life. So sometimes I know that those things do have to come through too. So mm-hmm. I think it's a combination for sure. You know? Yeah, it's definitely both. I mean, it's like taking mediumship and putting it in two categories, like, right. you know, healing a grieving heart is over here yeah. and research on consciousness is over here. Exactly. And I think yeah. it needs to be two, two columns. Yeah. So that was our conversation with Thomas John, and I love what he said about this kind of work being in two columns, one for healing a grieving heart and the other for research and education. And if you want to know more about either one of those things, please come and join us at the Afterlife Conference, www.afterlifeconference.com. Many thanks, and we'll see you soon.